0: I was thinking about uh, this morning, and uh, really the, the subject of, the, of my message is about the reality of God himself, that that truth which we hold as children of God is such an incredible foundation upon which to live your life. That something truly beyond what we can see, touch, handle, taste, and, and smell exists And it exists in the person of God revealed through Jesus Christ because he loves us. And uh, um, in Ephesians 6, this is kind of where we are in the armor of God in the spiritual battle. Uh, One of the first things in that list is to say, put on truth. Put on the belt of truth. And, uh, you know, it's that truth that quite literally Um, takes us, I want to say, to a completely different understanding about who we are, why we're here, what it's all about, where we're headed. Um, And it's a truth we need to hang on to for, I'm going to say, for dear life. Um, And maybe I should try to shorten what I have in front of me this this morning, but we'll kind of see um, where it goes. I I still think that I would... I'm to say what I have to say here. You know, I know uh, for many of you, you you may think of uh, even myself as long-term Kelowna people. Uh, That phrase in Kelowna doesn't necessarily mean very much. Uh, We actually and I actually was born uh, in Vancouver. Um, Our family moved to Chilliwack when uh, I was about six or seven years old and uh, that's where I grew up. most of my family and uh, extended family still lives in that area, uh, noted for its dairy farms and the uh, strong odor that accompanies that. I breathed in that air for 20 years. Not sure if it did anything of permanent damage, but that's where I was raised. I was raised in a home where faith and belief in God truly shaped my understanding of life and my perspective of life and I have one older brother and I have four younger sisters who all today embrace the reality of a personal God in their life and for that I'm thankful I'm thankful to God for that I'm thankful for the parents um, that I was blessed with Uh, And as a fairly young child I I expressed my faith in God that would have at that time I think made sense to me as a child Um, I understood that the Bible described us and described me as being a sinner and that that was a true statement even as a young boy I was very aware that I was far from perfect Um, I believe that Jesus was truly God in human form and that he came as he says to take away the sins of the world and that meant mine and so I embraced that as a young boy, I want to say probably about eight or nine, um, and I believed then, too, that there is a place called heaven. There is eternity, there is life after death. And I want to say that as I grew older, these, these truths continued to shape who I was, and to a very large extent how I understood and viewed the world after high school um, I went to university where I lived in residence and I came in contact with the, a group of Christians whose lives quite literally uh, radiated energy and vitality in their faith walk that profoundly impacted me um, and all the things that I knew, I, I, I believed about God and about faith and, um, and I knew that I was a child of God. But at, at university that year, they grabbed me in a way that was much more intense and personal. And, and there are many things about that year in, in residence that I just thank, thank God for. You don't usually experience that in a university residence. I finished that year at UBC. I went for two years to Columbia Bible College. Completed that um, and then went back to university to finish my degree. Uh, Eva, who I had met at uh, Bible College, uh, we were married and uh, we headed from the coast to Kelowna to start life. Um, There's something about starting life as a married couple which seems like you're starting Life, Um, even though a few years had passed before that. And we, I I slowly figured out how, what it meant to teach without causing any permanent damage to any children. We started a family. We uh, established our home. And in all of that, we remained closely connected to the church. And I'm going to say, closely connected to the fact that we were children of God. That we continue to believe the message of the gospel was ours. It was a message to us as individuals and within our marriage. Um, and it's interesting that during the years of raising children, and you know that's uh, evidence of who we are at Creekside, um, life can have a, an uncanny way of sort of i 'm just going to say sort of taking over on its own um, that it can at times be all consuming uh, at times maybe overwhelming and I think many Creekside families would say at times you know that's kind of that 's kind of the life that we 're living. It is incredibly hectic at times, and you know i I think that it is a season of life that uh, that God asks us to go through. Uh, It's a blessing. Um, Just thinking about the way in which Kelly and Leslie invite that new child into their home. But I will admit that there were times during that season of life where my faith felt vibrant. My connection to God felt good. And it kind of empowered how I walked. Uh, But there were also times during that season of my life when I would say that uh, the things that I believed and the presence of God seemed remote, seemed a bit distant. And I at times during those years felt, I would say, a bit uninspired. And we sometimes sing a song about God reviving Dry bones, and and there were those times in my life. But I want to say, even in those times, which is not a reflection of God, it's a reflection of my own heart, where I was as as a person, I never doubted the things that I believed in about God. The fact that God exists that he knows me and loves me that Jesus died to save me from the sins that at times had a tendency to hold me down and that even in my wanderings the truth the truth about God himself and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ I knew in my heart in my mind to be real to be true you say well why do you share all this this morning and I share it because the vast majority of people I'm gonna say within our country within Lake Country don't necessarily hold those things as being truth in their lives they don't necessarily understand them as true uh, they may not accept them as true and they certainly don't experience them as truth but I believe that even those people, and I'm thinking about Joel Rosinski's funeral on Tuesday uh, at Highway 33, and there are so many people in that um, church building. They're at a funeral, but it's a Christian funeral. The conversation is about the reality of God, and there's a sense when I was sitting there thinking that so many of these people would love to hold that as being true for themselves. You know I think our world at times you know we certainly do make mention of God even in places that are not religious. Uh, His name is often called out. Um, Yet our culture truly at a very deep level is skeptical and some are even They may even confront the idea of God with angry denial. Who would say that not only does God not exist, but the very belief in God, religion itself, poses a danger. And Paul says that in the spiritual battle for our hearts, our souls, and our minds, we need to wrap ourselves in something far bigger than ourselves. And the first thing he talks about, it's called the belt of truth. I just want to say it's truth. It's a powerful statement that at a very deep level, truth exists and it is wrapped up in God himself. It's more than truth as the opposite of false. It's more than truth as the opposite of lies. It is about an ultimate truth wrapped up in the reality of God. Now while we live, breathe, and have our being within the context of a physical world, Things that we can handle, touch, taste, see, smell. We are also spiritual beings who long for something greater than ourselves, something beyond ourselves. It's the spiritual aspect of how God created us. Um, John Piper, who is a fairly well-known, I think, pastor and teacher and writer, uh, he said this, We are all starved for the glory of God, not self. Nobody goes to the Grand Canyon to increase self-esteem. I thought that's a great line. Why do we go? Because there is greater healing for the soul in beholding splendor than there is in beholding self. Indeed, what could be more ludicrous in a vast and glorious universe like this than a human being on the speck called earth, standing in front of a mirror, trying to find significance in his own self-image. It is a great sadness that this is the message of the modern world. But it is not the message of the gospel. And into the darkness of petty self-preoccupation has shone the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus, who is the image of God. I think it's just such a beautiful quote. Truth exists, and it's wrapped up in the reality of God, and as Christians, we embrace that God as our Father. And I'm not sure if this ever happens to you, but occasionally I will be stopped in my tracks by the overwhelming thought of, how is it that I am even here? How is it that the things around me that I see, how is it that all of this even exists? I generally have those thoughts when I'm driving alone in my car. They're not bad thoughts. In fact, they are beautiful thoughts. I may have those kind of thoughts when I'm sitting um, outside, away from other distractions. And I think about who we are, where we are, on this planet, within a galaxy that we know so little of. There are countless galaxies beyond ours of which we know nothing. And I quite literally become amazed and humbled by my own limitations, my own lack of understanding. And I think about this vastness that is so Greater than me. And when I'm overcome with that that sense, that wonder and that awe, what I'm actually overcome with is the presence of the truth of God himself. Creator of heaven and earth, creator of every living thing. And I embrace that God. I embrace that truth for that truth is God itself and Paul says put on that truth in your spiritual walk as a child of God put on that truth Christians perspective says there's something beyond our own understanding that we can hold on to there is something that is sure there's a firm foundation upon which, can build, upon which we can build and order our lives. It's the truth of God. And in a culture in which absolute or ultimate truth is questioned or even scoffed at, where truth is pretty much relative, open to debate, and probably sure to change, the Bible says that God has always been... And always will be. He is the great I am. That life in all its miraculous forms was spoken into existence by God Himself. Creation in all its splendor reflects the creative hand and the glory of God. I asked Warren, I usually don't ask Warren songs, but this morning I asked him Warren, we, we need to sing God of Wonders. Beyond this galaxy, you are holy. You are holy. At the core of our Christian belief and our walk of faith is the truth that God not only exists, but he's alive and active in the creation in which he made. We embrace that God as our Father seeks us out. That in the activity, the clamor, the beauty, at times the confusion and pains of life, God says, I am, is still with you. You could count on me. I will not leave you, I will not forsake you, regardless of what life may bring. And in the middle of a world that changes before our eyes at a speed never before experienced, God calls us to consider something that is forever, something that is unchanging, something that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, hang on to me, hang on to God. Psalm 90 verse 2, David said this, Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. James 1.17, whatever is good, whatever is perfect, comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ Christ, God in human form is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think sometimes when you think about how to engage conversations we might meet who are not within the house of faith, who are not part of the church, I think starting with a conversation just about God himself is a good place to start. Increasingly I think people live their life dictated in a way by pop culture. Some may put their faith in scientific truth, things that can be proven. Some lives can be dictated by the roller coaster of their own emotions that whatever they feel is kind of what's true. All of these things are subject to change and are often filled with emptiness. And I think we might call them the shifting sands of our culture. And it reminded me of the story that Jesus shared, Matthew 7:24. He says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand and when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house it will collapse with a mighty crash and it's interesting the crowd to whom Jesus is talking it says when Jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed at his teaching they knew Jesus was not talking about a building he's talking about your life he's talking about my life he's talking about life itself what is it that will hold my life together regardless of what it may bring what is it that will truly be the foundation of my life and God says build it on the truth of God himself and you will stand. I started this morning by talking about the spiritual truths that I accepted as a as a young boy and today decades later I continue to hold those same truths to be true. That God exists. That Jesus was God Himself in human form. He lived a perfect life in order to take upon Himself the sins of the world. I embrace that truth at a personal level this morning. I embrace the truth that how God would have me live my life is not meant to restrict me or hold me down, it is actually meant to set me free and allow me to embrace life. With the presence of God as my Heavenly Father. I'm excited that I am not some insignificant speck on a random planet that's somehow formed in and of itself. I'm created by God himself. We're created by the creator of heaven and earth. And he calls me his child and he says, call me Father. He says I can come boldly before him. Because my sinfulness, my flaws, my weaknesses have been covered by the righteousness of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ on my behalf. And we're going to celebrate that this morning at the communion table. And when Paul encourages us to put on the belt of truth, these are the truths he's talking about in our life. This meal, communion, is an invitation by Jesus himself that he calls us to partake in this meal it's to constantly remind us as children of god of the truths that we've talked about this morning that jesus who knew no sin became sin for us in order that we can share in the righteousness of christ john 3:16 and 17 for god loved the world So much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God, love verse 17 almost as much as 16. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. I think that's such an amazing statement. it's, It's kind of as if God knows that we are aware already of our own sinfulness, our own brokenness, our own weaknesses. So he says, I did not come, did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In John 10, 10, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. These are the ultimate truths that we hold dear as children of God. And just for a few seconds this morning. I want you to think about them. I want you to meditate on them. I want you to embrace them and give thanks to God right where you are this morning. And in a few minutes, we will celebrate at the communion table together as, as children of God. So just take, take a little bit of time and give thanks to God.